Welcome to Branching Out, a podcast presented by the reporters and editors of the Acorn Newspapers, offering you a closer look at the news in your community. All right, welcome to another edition of Branching Out. It is Monday, June 22nd, but we're recording this on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Kyle. Hey, appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, of course. You guys doing anything to celebrate? Yeah, I think we'll go out for the night. As, as a lot of people know, uh, I'm actually a stepfather, so shout out all the stepdads out there. can be a tough job, uh, but yeah, myself, uh, my wife and daughter, will go up to a little, uh, I think we do go to a restaurant, dinner, you know, something nice like that. Nothing too big. Nice. Well, it's, it's nice you have the option to do that now rather than just, you know, a nice meal at home, which yeah, I'm yeah. sure everybody's getting tired of. We'll bring uh, the masks. Don't worry. We'll bring the masks. You better. If, people, if, if, if we get one photo of you out there not wearing masks, we're in trouble. <laughs> yes. Today's episode, uh, for those of you who also follow us on social media, which you should do, at Branching Out Pod on Twitter. Um, well, it doesn't even matter. We didn't put it up on that account. But um, <laughs> there was some breaking news last night. Um, a couple county employees have been arrested for vandalizing a, uh, a sign hung on private property, the, the, or a banner, rather, hung on private property that was promoting the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, video showed uh, one of them cutting it down with a pretty big hunting knife, even. Kyle, you got, you got the, the Yeah, I mean, this story dropped late Saturday night, uh, and it was obviously a shocker. Not so much the crime itself, but who is suspected of it. And that, of course, as you mentioned, are two county employees out of the three that have been. Now, technically, they were arrested, but they were not taken to jail. They were cited, uh, as most people would understand. And basically, the police visited them at their home, gave them a ticket and said, hey, you have a day in court. Um, Cited on suspicion of vandalism uh, were 60-year-old Darren Stone. 59-year-old Craig Anderson and 58-year-old Jeffrey Moore, all of Thousand Oaks, um, all, I believe, uh, live somewhere in the neighborhood of this banner, which was hung from the back of a homeowner's fence uh, uh, in North Ranch. Uh, for people that don't know, that off Westlake Boulevard there, probably one of your nicest uh, neighborhoods. You know, the average house over there probably goes for around $900,000. Um, and what really, again, was the shocking point was that Darren Stone is a member of the sheriff's office, Ventura County Sheriff's Office. Now, he's not a deputy. He's what they call a service technician, which is a non-sworn position. Um, but dating back to 2005, he's worked in the county jail system. What is a sworn, non-sworn? Like, I'd look that up after in working on this story. I'm sure our listeners would like to know. Yeah, so that's basically what separ- separates a deputy, a sheriff's office deputy who uh, is, takes a sworn oath uh, and has the protections of the sheriff's deputy union versus a non-sworn employee that does not have that same level of, now they obviously go through a background check and, and training and such, but not the level that someone who goes to the sheriff's academy and becomes a deputy has to okay. go through. Right, but thanks, they are, they are, sher- yeah, no, they are sheriff's office employee. And in, in the case of uh, Mr. Stone for 15 years, in the case of Mr. Craig Anderson, he is a investigator uh, with the Ventura County District Attorney's Office. And basically his job then would be to assist the prosecutor in, uh, you know, investigating a case once it comes over from the police department. Then the investigator talks to witnesses, looks at evidence, works with the prosecution um, to get the, pr- the case uh, taken to court and eventually to get a guilty verdict, essentially. Uh, and so the DA's office, in the case of Mr. Anderson, apparently he has already resigned. Uh, and the DA made a statement last night saying that he'd only worked for the DA's office for four months. Uh, and the investigation, because he's a DA's office employee, has been forwarded to the state attorney general's office. That, of course, is to avoid any appearance of favoritism and get an objective investigation. 
So what kind of um, sentencing uh, fines or whatever are they looking at for vandalism? Yeah, I mean, a very now vandalism, it really depends on a lot of factors, like a lot of charges, um, the amount, the value of the item that was destroyed or vandalized, the amount it costs to fix it. Uh, in the case, um, you know, anything under $400, which if we're looking at this banner, I would guess it's, I don't know, would be surprised to see its value is over $400. Um, the, the maximum penalty we're talking about is a fine and a year in county jail. So that's uh, that's uh, what they're looking at right now. And a year in county jail. Yeah, and or you know. Oh, but, okay. okay. Yeah, but essentially, um, you know, uh, for if these gentlemen are first-time offenders, uh, again, this is the kind of crime. Seeing it's if it's charges a misdemeanor, simple vandalism would most likely result in um, in probation and a fine. You know, but I think the bigger story is both of these gentlemen are one is already out of a job. Uh, would be really surprised pending an administrative investigation if Mr. Stone isn't also relieved of duties. Um, but I've seen a lot of people, they're already demanding he be fired. The reality is, as uh, a sheriff's office employee, he is entitled to some amount of due process to present his case um, to the administrators there. This all just happened Friday. Um, but the police do not have to wait until the criminal investigation is done. As soon as their investigation is done, he can be let go. But as of now, he is still on paid administrative leave uh, as we're talking on Sunday. Okay, so uh, I mean, obviously these two are the are the main story, but there's one other guy who I just want to mention for the sheer um, uh, question mark factor, which was that this guy worked for a private company. He pulled up in front of the sign. His truck has the company's name and phone number on it, and this was all captured on on security cameras. And he tore the sign down. They, from what I understand, the homeowners confronted him, and he was not at all shy about admitting that he did that and saying he had the right to do it. That's just like he's been caught as well. Obviously, that's an easy one to track down. Well, yeah, it sounds like wasn't I think the case in the case of Mr. Moore, he actually spray painted the sign, right? With the A, you got those details. He was the spray painter. Yeah, he what did he do? So, yeah, this guy didn't cut it down. He pulled up and uh, spray painted an A over the B to change it from Black Lives Matter to All Lives Matter. I was working on this story before this broke, actually. I was going to do something about the, these signs in our upcoming edition. And then, Kyle, you called me last night to say, like, there's a release. These guys got arrested. We got a story up online. But some background. So tell us about, yeah, tell us about the person. You got to actually speak with the person who put up the sign and has re-put up the sign. Tell us yeah. a little about him. The, the man who put up the sign, his name is Maxwell Myers. He's 19. He's a student at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, and he was just saying like, this is some, like he said, he's been out protesting and like, this is just something that needs to be addressed. Like it's just, it, and uh, I, I'm paraphrasing his words here, but it's like, it, this is a very passive way to, to keep the move, to keep the idea in people's minds. He just wanted to put up a banner. He said he was being optimistic in, in hoping nobody would mess with the sign. But once it started happening, it was kind of like, well, yeah, that that's, I, I should have figured that. So, um, yeah. So tell us how often now, when did he put the sign up? He put the sign up at the end of May. It sounds like end of May, early June. He didn't have an exact date for me, but, um, it started getting messed with pretty quickly. The first time somebody tore it down, he and his father, uh, Andy Myers, they installed security cameras, which is how we ended up with these photos and this footage of these people messing with the sign. Uh, but it happened pretty regularly. I interviewed him about a week ago, and the sign had been, he told me that it had been vandalized four or five times at that point. And then I checked in with him yesterday after you called me about the arrests, and he said it had been vandalized three more times since then. And since that conversation yesterday, that was Saturday night, uh, he texted me again. I woke up to a text from him today, Sunday morning saying, um, 
he, he had sent me a video of somebody else spray painting the sign after news crews had left. So that's at least eight times. I think that it's been, it's been vandalized, cut down or spray. So painted. wait, so after the story came out, after this was breaking news all over the area, someone else showed up and was caught on camera. Yep. But interestingly enough, so other people have cut down the sign, uh, with clippers or knives. Some, the, the guy we were talking about, he spray painted an A over the B. Allegedly. Uh, uh, this guy just spray painted three one one, um, which there are some theories floating around that maybe that has to do with the KKK because eleven or, or K is the eleventh letter of the alphabet, and uh, apparently white supremacists are fond of their crypto numerical coding. Yeah, and the way that was explained to me is that it's the the eleventh eleventh letter of the alphabet three times, and the eleventh letter of the alphabet is K. I had never heard that. I'm choosing to be positive and just think that he's a really big fan of the band 311, but I don't <laughs> think that's the case. And I had, yeah, I also had someone who uh, theorized that 311 is the number you call in Los Angeles to report graffiti. But again, it's all theories at this point. We don't really know. And in the case of that gentleman, we don't know who he is yet. No, there's no information about that one at all. So, so explain to people now, I think it's important we explain the sign to people. Now, you've seen pictures of it. We've now put it up. Um, what, what did the sign look like? What was Okay, what so the first one they hung, it, it's just a tarp. It's just a brown like coverall tarp that you'd like put over some stuff in your backyard uh, that they spray painted BLM on. Now, um, the first one, it was one solid tarp, but I guess the Homeowners Association had an issue with that. They said they, that the Myers couldn't put the sign up. The Myers came back and said, we have a civic right to be able to do this. And so the HOA kind of backed off, but they did impose a limit on the size. So rather than one big sign, they put up three smaller banners, one each bearing the letters B and then L and then M. Uh, the whole size of it, I think, is uh, around 15 square feet, maybe 20. It's not like I will. I posted a photo on my Twitter account. We'll link to a photo in the story. There's a photo of Max standing next to it. It's not huge. Like the kid's like, I would say like six feet tall. It's about as tall as him. And then maybe three or four feet across. I'm bad at math. It's not massive. Yeah, and uh, it's it's fair to say. I mean, it's it's pretty crude, crudely made, but in this case, it's coming handy because now he's each time this has happened, he's what put it back up. Uh, is that what he tells you? He's, each time is yeah. Damaged? No, he's actually pretty um, adamant about it. Like that was my question. Was like, are you? Is this disheartening to you in any way to see that your community is so vehemently against this? sign being here or this idea that black lives matter. And he's like, whatever every time they take it down, I'm going to put it back up. Like he, he doesn't care. He even told me he had gone around and because of the security footage, he was able to identify license plates or the people who were the faces of the people who were doing this. So when he saw them in the neighborhood, he would go confront them like, and ask them why they cut his sign down, which I thought was a pretty ballsy move. Um, he said in a lot of cases, people told him they thought they were removing HOA trash or that they were allowed to, like it was the right thing to be doing, which he said kind of rang pretty hollow. Yeah. Yeah. You've now you've, you have tried to reach out to the HOA for comment, right? I have been trying to get them on the phone, but I haven't had any luck as of yet. Okay. It'll be interesting to hear their side of this to set the scene for people that aren't aware of this location who haven't driven up Westlake Boulevard heading towards Canaan road. This is a very well traversed, uh, stretch of, of road. A lot of people take it if they're trying to avoid the freeway. Uh, it's kind of a back way through thousand Oaks. This isn't for instance, a sign hanging off in a residential area only seen by neighbors who are, are coming home for the night. It's not a cul-de-sac. The sign is on Westlake Boulevard Yeah, or faces Westlake Boulevard. Yeah. This is an extremely visible area. Hundreds of cars probably pass by it every day, if not more. Um, but still the fact, I think what we're wrestling with is just the idea that of these people caught defacing the sign, 
the, the odds that two of them would both work for the county of Ventura, uh, both be in the criminal justice system, I think that's got a lot of people raising questions of, you know, is there something systemic going on here? Uh, and the sheriff, to his credit, he denounced this right away. He put out a statement uh, with the press release saying that there will be consequences. Um, so he seems to be, you know, trying to be proactive about this. But there is some question I know that came up with you talking with Max and tr- about the timing of, of how this was prosecuted, because the incidents, they actually go back. I mean, the period goes back about three weeks in the case of Anderson, May 31st, um, then more incident on June 11th and then most recently Stone on June 13th and Friday, June 19th. So um, when you talk to him, it sounded like you know, they were frustrated that there was some inaction, right? When I spoke to Max, he said he had he had called the sheriff's office to report the vandalism. And um, like, for example, in one case, somebody had been cutting the sign down when they noticed a security camera filming them. So they stopped cutting the sign down and they left. And from what Max told me, the sheriff's office was kind of like, well, you know, they stopped. So there's not really a crime for us to uh, pers- prosecute or investigate. And that was kind of the thing that they weren't really interested. His his impression that he relayed to me was that every time he called the authorities about it, they weren't really interested in doing anything. One thing I think is important to point out is the timeline here is that the first video purporting to show Mr. Stone cutting down the sign was taken June 13th. And obviously Max Myers posted that video and a photo of it to next door after that date. And yet, according to police, Mr. Stone still went back six days later on the 19th and did the same thing. So either he never saw the post and wasn't aware there was a camera there, or he just felt what he was doing was not against the law, or that he was above the law. And I should point out in the second video um, showing Mr. Stone, he has his vehicle's warning lights on as he's parked on the side of the road, cutting down the sign. So it does not appear he was doing this and trying to hide it, or if he was, he was doing a really poor job of it. But now, do you know if he showed them the video? Now, this is what's really fascinating. The first video of Mr. Stone is from Saturday, June 13th, okay? Did he show them that video that you're aware of? Do you know? I don't know if he showed them that video specifically. I do know that he would, he was he told me that we presented them with video and, fo- and photos of the people doing this. Because that's that's really what's interesting, because the police say right in their statement that this investigation began when actually a sheriff's office employee recognized Mr. Stone uh, on on the video. And what's interesting is he went back out just, you know, Friday night. So they had already alerted you. They had already alerted the Acorn newspaper. They'd sent me a letter. And yet this gentleman went back on Friday night. And is that what caused the police to act? I, I, I really don't know. It's The timeline is really interesting here because theoretically, if they had seen um, the video of Mr. Stone on the 13th, would they not have stopped him or approached him before the 19th when he uh, allegedly did this again? From what Max relayed to me, they went. that's why he started uh, going around and finding people in his neighborhood who had cut the sign down because it, he had video and photos of them doing it. And it was like, I've called the cops. They're not doing anything. I want to go to you directly as a neighbor and ask, what's your problem with me hanging this banner? Well, I heard it sounds like he caused quite a stir. Uh, we should bring up the next door angle of all this. Uh, it sounds like he went and posted this on next door in the North Ranch neighborhood. Um, some people on that page have said he even put up the names and addresses of the people he had figured out that had done this. Yeah, and the posts actually were taken down, uh, and Max was not pleased about that. No, um, no, uh, people are saying we should have figured this out sooner. Again, that's something hopefully we'll get to speak with the sheriff's office about. Um, but the sheriff was, like I said, quick to put out a statement uh, 
anyone who's been listening to this podcast know, I mean, the timing of this just couldn't be worse in that there's been a lot of tension right now between uh, demonstrators and local law enforcement just as a bigger part of this Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we saw the sheriff's office make a move to uh, ban one of these carteroid artery chokeholds um, as a step to say, hey, we're listening to you. We want to do better. And the sheriff and both the county have said, hey, we, we, we don't accept this. We don't allow this in our ranks. And then, boom, what do you have? What appears to be two county employees you know, lashing out at Black Lives Matter and, and really taking the law into their own hands. And that is going to make the job for the county that much more difficult at a very difficult time. Well, uh, and one other detail, actually, because um, <clears throat> Max texted me this yesterday. Apparently, they had put up an even larger banner in the same place last year, kind of saying, like, go first responders uh, after um, after the fires. They put up a banner last year for first responders, and it got zero complaints, zero instances of vandalism. They had it up for three months. Nobody cared. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for people saying, again, it's it's an act of vandalism, why is that a big deal? I mean, I think those people are kind of ignoring the context of all this happening. And really, you only need to look at the sheriff's office to decide for yourself. I mean, they obviously are looking at this as a serious deal. Um, we hear, I have someone who's worked at the paper a long time and covered election after election, that we have a real issue in our community with people damaging political signs, whether it's a, a candidate's name or an issue, it comes up every election. Uh, again, I'm not saying that to lessen this crime, but just point out that um, we rarely hear about those people being cited. And maybe they do, and we never, we're never notified. No, I would say in this case, again, the sheriff's office put out a statement. They wanted people to know about this, and you know that's obviously why this story has taken the pro- prominence that it has. Uh, but it will be the eyes will now be on you know the district attorney's office to see how they plan to charge it, uh, and as well as on the state attorney general's office because they'll be handling the case with regard to Mr. Anderson. So um, the police have taken the first step, but now we'll see because again you have a lot of people demanding swift justice, but these things, uh, if anything we've learned at the Acorn, they take a while to work through the system. So we may find out soon that Mr. Stone is relieved of his duties, but in terms of a conviction and some kind of sentence, we, we could be weeks, if not months away. And that is just how the system works. And I, and I know a lot of people are going to be frustrated with that. We have to be very careful. Now, this is, a, again, these, this is new territory. Now, being a reporter for this many years and having a case where you have video, I mean, literally, you have the act of video provided to you. I mean, that's one out of a thousand police cases that we cover. Typically, we're dealing with just the police point of view. Here we have video. No one that can look at that video can say it's not damning. I mean, it, it does not look good. But again, Mr. Stone has a chance to provide his side of the story. And I am looking forward to hearing that. Is it going to be the HOA defense? What is it going to be? Um, but again, we just found out about this last night. So there's a still a lot, hopefully, we'll, we'll find out about his motivations uh, and why he did what he did. But we can all agree, yeah, just does not look good on, on the sheriff's office and on the county right now at, at a time when they're trying to convince people that, you know, they are addressing some of these issues BLM have brought up about systematic racism, you know, on the justice system. And so, again, it just uh, it's going to put a, sh- a spotlight on the sheriff and on the county and they're going to have to respond. So. We'll be interested to start making those calls uh, on Monday. This is also one of those ones that I think could easily, it, it'd be easy to do a, a what about argument regarding. I saw somebody commented on it like, oh, well, that sign, they pulled up the county code. They're like, this sign is too big according to county code, and they didn't have a permit. It's like, don't get distracted over little stuff with this. Like, this is a thing of 
people in the county's office having an issue with this particular sign for whatever their reasons are. And like you say, it will be very interesting to see what their defense is, uh, especially if it's the I, if it takes the HOA tack. I will be I will be very interested in following up. Yeah, on well, let's. I, I do want to mention, if you don't mind, a little background on this. Uh, I'm actually familiar with this uh, HOA. In our reporting, we do encounter sometimes they get in, they make the news. There's you know. There's lots of them in our cities. And the case of the Westlake North POA, I'm familiar with them because of Max Myers' father, Andy Myers, uh, had a dispute with them about seven years ago. It started way back in 2013 where he wanted to put a sound wall in up behind his house uh, because he said it was so loud on Westlake Boulevard. It was a protracted battle. Uh, it got pretty ugly. It ultimately went to the Planning Commission and it was denied. But there is a history here between the Myers and the HOA. So I'm not saying, again, that doesn't forgive any of the actions of the people caught on that video uh, for what they did. But it does show there's some history there uh, between Myers and the HOA. And I'm really interested yet to hear what they had to say about this. But like you said, if it is indeed a violation, and I expect it is, that, you know, again, obviously the Sheriff's Department isn't concerned about that either. It was personal property. It's considered, um, you know, an act of free speech and that's how they've decided to, uh, charge it right now. That's, that's one other thing we should have mentioned earlier. Um, the way that the sign is laid out and given their property there, there's a fence and then there's a, a stand of trees. Like I think they have the trees up. Uh, I was told because they wanted to block the sight and sound of Westlake Boulevard. So it sounds like they put those up after they lost the battle for the sound wall. So the sign is hanging over these trees, and it look from the road. It looks like somebody just hung a sign on some trees. Maybe it doesn't look like it's part of personal property, and that's not a defense. But I know that that's what some people. That's what the Myers have told me in terms of when they've confronted people. They some people said, "Oh, I thought I was just taking trash down." They didn't realize it was part of somebody's home, or that it's on private property. Yeah, I mean, I believe in my discussions with Andy during the the sound wall issue. You know, his his point was, you know, I could that's my property line lined up to that fence. And if I want to put a sound wall in now, a few feet behind that is obviously public right of way. You have a sidewalk there, a dirt sidewalk, and then you have almost a country fence that runs along there. Now, if he had hung that along that fence, you know, then I, I imagine it would have been taken down. That would have been taken down right away. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if the HOA defense is going to hold up here. Um, again, the court of public opinion is, is speaking out quickly on this. Um, but I, you know, I, I want us to hopefully be the publication that, that gets the full story here. Um, so I would encourage everyone to, if you haven't seen our stories online, check those out. And then definitely by the time Thursday comes around, we should have more information to provide you um, in the papers, the ACORN and, and the TOA corn when we come out, maybe even before then. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's a developing story. I mean, and again, the it's, it's like throwing yeah, the old cliche, the match on the, uh, what is it, the gasoline. I mean, right now there's a lot of people that are really angry about this. Uh, and so I'm hoping we'll get sorted through some more facts um, uh, in the coming days. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, last note on it. Definitely check the story because there there's a photo of the sign. You can see that it's hung off of their fence, but it's actually hung behind that quote unquote country fence, as you referred to it, Kyle. Like it's, it's not in anybody's way. I could see how it might be confusing as to whether or not it's on private property, but check the story for photos, check the story for the videos. Uh, well actually check our Twitter feeds for videos. We'll, uh, we'll throw links in there. Um, but definitely stay tuned on this one. There's going to be some developments for a while. So otherwise, Happy Father's Day, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to let you go so you can go celebrate that. Thanks again, man. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been Branching Out with the Acorn Newspapers. I'm your host, Ian Bradley. Find me online at Ian underscore reports. 
Of course, this is Kyle Jory, editor of the Thousand Oaks Acorn. You know where to find me on Twitter, at Kyle B. Jory. That's J-O-R-R-E-Y. And again, one more shout-out to all those great dads out there. Shout-out Doug Jory in Wyoming. Uh, Hope you're having a good one. Ian, great hanging with you. Yeah, man, you too. See you soon. Take it easy, folks.